West Point and the Naval Academy compete in their annual football game. What's the game's importance for the two services, but also the country? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. And between all the fun and jeering surrounding the game, lawmakers and officials talk about what the game means for them and possible bragging rights. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is December 11th, 2023. Military Times reporter Jonathan Lairfeld went to Boston for the game as part of Military Times coverage of the biggest military sporting event of the year. He joined us for this episode. So, um, Jonathan, could you tell us the big news? Some of our listeners might have already know, but who won this year's annual matchup between West Point and the Naval Academy? Yeah, so this was the 124th Army-Navy game, the annual rivalry between West Point and the Naval Academy. And I would have to say it was a mostly average game. It was definitely much more average than compared to last year when Navy and Army went into double overtime. It was still fun, obviously. Um, it's nice to see the the two teams compete, and there's a lot of fun heckling between the schools that we can talk more about. But I would say that this game mostly became interesting towards the fourth quarter when um, at one point, Army stripped the ball from Navy, um, and, and Navy was trailing most of the the game and, and quickly scored towards the end of the fourth quarter. But in the last few seconds, they just were not able to catch up. Um, so in the end, Army won 17-11, and that means they get to take home the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, which is between the three main service academies, the Air Force Academy, the Naval Academy, and and West Point. That's also because they beat Air Force earlier this season. If Navy had won, since Air Force had beat Navy earlier this season, um, then Air Force actually would have retained possession of the trophy because Air Force had actually won the trophy outright last season. A fun fact is that Navy still leads the series overall. They have more wins over Army um, in total, but Um, This was also the head coach's um, first year on the job for Navy as well. The last Navy coach had reportedly been fired in the locker room right after Navy had lost to Army last season. But overall, it's a fun game to watch and the crowd gets really excited. I got to talk with a number of fans and midshipmen and um, others who attended the game and also before the game. Um, So it's Just a fun and exciting time in in college sports. And so where was the game at this year? It's different than years past, right? So this year, um, it was outside Boston at Gillette Stadium. That's home to the New England Patriots. Um, That's in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And the series is on the road for the next few years as well. Uh, Next year, it'll be just outside of D.C. for the 125th matchup. And it'll also be in Baltimore at the Ravens Stadium and in New Jersey at the uh, the Giants Stadium. But eventually it will come back to Philly, um, which has been the traditional home of the Army-Navy game. That's partly because it was a middle ground. It is a middle ground between the Army-West Point team and the Navy team in Annapolis. How were the attitudes among the cadets and midshipmen? I'm sure they had a great time in the lead up and even during the game, you know, despite the outcome for the midshipmen. Yeah, there are always some fun pranks um, and spirit videos that go out ahead of the game. 
there was one that I had seen where a goat was wandering the halls of the Pentagon. Um, so silly stuff like that. And, and the rivalry itself at the game is all in good fun, right? It's the one day of the year that the cadets and midshipmen say that they can kind of go at each other because obviously the rest of the year they are one in unity. But something that I saw that was funny was during the March On, which is a tradition that happens where the entire brigade of midshipmen, entire corps of cadets walks onto the field ahead of the game. At one point, I had seen Bill the Goat, which is the Navy's mascot, kind of running in front of the Army cadets um, to distract them as they were um, stepping onto the field, and also along the, the sidelines as the midshipmen and the cadets are watching each other march on slash watching the game itself. They're, they're teasing each other. They're, um, they're chanting. I had seen some funny signs as well. I, I was mostly on the Navy side, and so I had seen a sign that said, everyone here got into Army. Um, so just fun and fun and lighthearted stuff like that. And why do senior military leaders say this game means so much to people? Yeah, so I got the opportunity to speak with a number of senior military leaders, the Army Secretary and the Navy Secretary, And each of them shared that the game is an opportunity to have some fun, but ultimately they see it as a way to bring the services and also the country together um, and demonstrate the importance of serving the country. Um, They they shared it's not just something for those who attend the academy. There's obviously a number of soldiers and sailors and Marines um, and other service members who enlisted that. Um, still enjoy watching the game both home at home and abroad. Um, it's it's truly just America's game, um, as they call it, because it's an opportunity to bring all of the services together um, and and have a little fun doing it. Thanks, Jonathan. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill were also looking forward to the game. Representative Pat Ryan is a West Point graduate and the first West Point graduate to actually represent New York's 18th district, which is home to West Point. It's also incredibly special to be amongst the Corps of Cadets at a game, just that energy, the camaraderie, the brotherhood and sisterhood. Um, so I'll try to go down and hang out with the cadets a little bit at some point during the, during the game. Representative Scott Franklin, who is a Naval Academy graduate, said the parity between the two teams over the past 124 games has been extremely impressive. One of the things it's been most known for is the parity. I don't remember the exact numbers, but through the first century of the Army-Navy game, there was a dead tie. It was something like 46, 46, and 8, and uh, almost as statistically equal even as it could possibly be. And even over a century, the first 100 years of the game, just the point difference between the two teams over a century was only a handful of points. So it's as, it's as close to a 50-50 contest as you'll ever get. And uh, obviously we have everything on the line as a service, a lot of bragging rights. And we're brothers and sisters in arms, 364 days and 21 hours. But for those three hours, you know, it's, it's everything is about beating each other's brains out. But Jonathan also caught up with Army and Navy officials on Friday before the game. Army Secretary Christine Warmoth thought having the game go on the road helped with recruiting challenges. I do think having it, you know, out of Philadelphia, out of the D.C. area gets us out to a different audience. And certainly, you know, with the recruiting challenges we're having, I want to expose as, you know, as many cities in America to the great United States Army as possible. The attacks in the Middle East also weighed on the event. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro said that the game is a reflection of the work military members do to keep the country and commercial ships in the Red Sea safe. Just over the last four months, 
Three destroyers in the Red Seas have shot down cruise missiles. They've shot down drones that have been directed towards Israel and also directed towards ships at sea in the Red Sea. You couldn't be prouder of our Navy, and that's why we need the American people to really support our Navy. The United States has always been a maritime nation. Maritime nation dictates that we have a strong commercial shipbuilding industry and a, a strong Navy. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at Military Times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Jonathan Lairfeld and Todd South. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Gruse. Have a great day.